Hello, and welcome to Brom Show. It's great to be back with you. This is Brom. So uh, we just finished the series, Why Christians Must Be Right. Uh, written by myself and read by myself. And so um, we are about to start a new series. Now, of course, we did have a sabbatical, an entire episode we took off and just kind of goofed off when we looked at odd news. And now we're going to be starting a brand new series. And in this series, we're going to be looking and talking about different books. Now, we're not going to be giving you a, we're not going to be reading the books. We might give you quotes here and there. We're going to talk about the ideas behind the books and what exactly was going on. Now, in the process of this, I had to decide which book was going to be the first one in the episode right, in the series. Which book were we going to talk about this particular episode? And there's just so many great ones. We're doing eight to ten, and uh, some of them are just amazing books. Uh, but what one should be the first one? Well, the first book, for me at least, was, an, was a cinch when I started thinking about it. Fahrenheit 451. Fahrenheit 451 is a book about books. So, uh, that is ideal. So Fahrenheit, Fahrenheit 451 was written by Ray Bradbury. Let me give you a really quick uh, summary. We're not going to go through the whole thing, but a really quick summary. And uh, then we'll get, start breaking it down and applying it. So basically, this book is about firemen. Now, not firemen like you think of when you see a house on fire and they come with a big truck and a big hose and they spray water on the fire to get rid of it. But no, these firemen are not, they don't come around to put out fires. Instead, they come around to start fires. Let me give you a couple quotes. Um, this first one I think will help, uh, help illustrate this. Firemen were given a new job as custodians of our peace of mind. The focus of our understandable and rightful dread of being inferior, official censors, judges, judges, and executioners. That was a fireman. And so these firemen, their job is to find books and burn them. And if they find books in a home, they will burn the home to the ground. And so that's what the book basically is about. They are out simply to ruin and destroy ideas because and that's what books are are ideas and because ideas have opposing ideas because there's no true good idea without somebody having a different opinion then the goal is to eliminate all ideas because if nobody's got any ideas then we're all equal Nobody's better than anybody else. Uh, so uh, so then we're going to put fact checks on, right? So hello, welcome to 2020 and 2021 with uh, all of our fact checking Facebooks and Google uh, because uh, we could go on, right? Twitter, uh, all the ones where you, if you've got an idea that's different than their idea, your idea is invalid and doesn't matter. We're only for free speech when the speech agrees with us. This is Fahrenheit 451. This is what the book was based on. And so they're burning books. And when you get to the very end, the firefighter, the main character, he decides that he, he has actually started secretly hiding books and reading books. And he has 
ran away and joined a, uh, <laughs> a commune, if you will. He's joined a commune, a community of others who have memorized books. And his, his job is he's going to memorize Ecclesiastes. And then if you want the ideas of the book, you will go to that person and they will tell you, they will quote to you what that book is. And so let me give you a few other quotes that will help really drive home the point of Fahrenheit 451. Here's another one. Colored people don't like little black Sambo. Burn it. White people don't feel good about Uncle Tom's cabin. Burn it. Someone's written a book on tobacco and cancer of the lungs. The cigarette people are weeping. Burn the book. Can this be any more poignant than the day we're living in now with the cancel culture leaping off of the pages because somebody voted for somebody or says something we don't like, we cancel them and tell all of our friends. All uh, And as a society, we cancel people. So Hollywood's been doing this for years, right? Uh, that was, anybody remember the McCarthy era? <laughs> but really, they've been doing this type of thing for a long, long time. Uh, that's why Christian actors, for instance, have a hard time getting roles because of the cancel culture. Although Weinstein, he didn't have a problem getting any work, right? Uh, because the cancel culture. But now it's crept into every aspect of our lives. Now, for a little while, that even had me. Those of you that know, know that I was very anti-Trump, especially during the first election. I Not only did I, now, not so much during the general election, but during the primary, I seriously had a beef with anybody that purported to be a Christian and could vote for Trump. Man, that irritated the fire out of me. But after he won the, the primary, I could give way to anybody that wanted to vote for him in the general, right? Because, well, it was either him or Hillary. So if, if that's a course that you're going to go, but for me, I couldn't vote for him. Now, there were some people I was so mad at, I didn't talk to for years. One of them in particular, I ran into a, a few weeks ago. And I got to tell you, I had one of the best times of my life with that gentleman. Now, I was as mad as a I was as mad as could be at him during the primary election because he was Trump, 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 Trump. However, <laughs> he still had value as a human being. And I got along with him fabulously when we were together. I'm so glad I did not totally close him out and have nothing to do with him. But in the cancel culture that we're living in, this is the day that and the hour that we live. Let's read another quote from the book. If you don't want a house built, hide the nails and wood. If you don't want a man unhappy politically, don't give him two sides to a question to worry him. Give him one. Better yet, give him none. Holy mackerel. Hello, Fox News, CNN, MSNBC. We can go on down the list. Hello, hello, hello. We're looking at you. <laughs> This is today. This is exactly what we're doing. Only share the opinions that you agree with. And so that's one of the reasons we've got people like uh, Peter uh, Jordan or Jordan Peterson, whose uh, books are literally being burned uh, because he would dare write about cultural issues and take an opposing view.
And the ca- the culture in our college campuses, now this is scary because those that go to college are most likely to get in places of power. And so that's where our governors are going to come from, our congressmen, our senators, the vast majority of them are going to be coming out of colleges. These same colleges are protesting people like Ben Shapiro who are only showing up to speak and give an opposing point of view. They're not only protesting, but some of them are rioting. This is a dangerous, dangerous course that we're on. Fahrenheit 451 was talking about this. It was preparing us for what was coming. The book was prophetic. I believe that they were looking at the culture of the day and dear Lord, if they only knew the direction that the culture was going to be going in the future. So here's another quote. So now, do you see why books are hated and feared? They show the pores in the face of life. The comfortable people want only wax moon faces. Poreless, hairless, expressionless. In other words, You can have an opinion as long as your opinion is the same as mine. We've taken the thought process of Ford, right? (laughs) Ford makes the automobile and they say, hey, what color can I have? You can can have any color Ford car you want as long as it's black. You can have any opinion you want as long as your opinion agrees with me. And we, and see, it's, we're having a hard time being mad at Facebook or Twitter or some of these other outlets for trying to silence us when we've been silencing each other because you have a view I disagree with. And because you have a view I disagree with, I have canceled you. I have blocked. I, I've unfriended you on Facebook, right? I blocked your posts. I'm not following you on Twitter anymore because you said something that's got me so irate and so upset. It reminds me of 1776, the movie, or originally a musical. And I guess they turned the musical into a movie. There is one scene where one of the delegates was in the bathroom. Well, the facilities wasn't really a bathroom, an outhouse. He comes back in and they're telling him, hey, we're, we're wanting to know if we can debate and discuss this. And he says, well, hell yes. I've never ran into anything so bad it couldn't be talked about or so dangerous it couldn't be talked about. That's the day we're living in. Things are thought to be so dangerous we don't dare share our opinion. And unfortunately, a great number of us have grown silent in the face of this. And so we're not speaking up. We're not posting on Facebook anymore. I got to be honest, I haven't. As a matter of fact, I just about got off of Facebook. There's one minister's forum that I get on, and I post this podcast on Of God and Men. That, those are the only two things I do on Facebook anymore. And partially... It's because of the direction our culture has gone. Because if you have an opposing view, you will be attacked. You will be demeaned. And you will be marginalized. This is a very dangerous, interesting time we're living in. If ever there was a time where we needed people to stand up. Now, granted, on Facebook, good luck posting something they disagree with anyways. They're going to fact check you and they're going to block it. And make sure that nobody sees. This is exactly what Fahrenheit 451 was about. Mr. Ray, you hit the nose on the head. 
the nose on the head. What in the world? <laughs> you hit the nail on the head. Yeah, this is where our society is. And whoever you are, I encourage you. I don't know, and it doesn't matter too much to me what the topic is or what the issue is. Find some place and dig in your heels and say, this is what I believe. This is where I stand. Right? What is that issue for you? Several weeks ago, I did a podcast on where do you draw the line? So here's the question. Where do you draw the line? Where is that for you where you're willing to speak up and say, this is too far? In Nazi Germany, they burned books. And it wasn't much longer before they burned people. We need to remember that with this cancel culture. No idea is so dangerous it can't be talked about. I firmly disagree with Nazism, but I'm willing to talk about it with you. I firmly disagree with socialism and communism and fascism, but I'm willing to talk with you about it because there's no idea so dangerous it can't be talked about. I'm not a Satanist, but I'll talk to a Satanist about Satanism. I'm not a Buddhist, but I'll talk to a Buddhist about Buddhism because there's no topic so dangerous that it can't be talked about. We need to remember that as we move forward because this culture, as we're losing this culture, there's going to have to be somebody that has memorized a book. In other words, there's got to be somebody that still has ideas and is willing to share those ideas with others. And so whatever those ideas are, hold firm. Grab them with everything you've got. Don't let them go. Now, of course, somebody changes your mind. That's a different story. But once you get that idea and it's solid, you need to hold on to it. And on top of that, you ought to have enough guts. Start your own podcast. <laughs> Find your own outlet. Let somebody else hear your ideas. Because your ideas are valuable. Your ideas matter. Your ideas, in the long run, even if I disagree with them, we ought to hear them. Because that will help our culture. All right, I've gone on long enough. I am out of here.